Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Alladhi khassana bi khayr al-rusul wa anzala alayna akmal al-kutub fanahmadu subhana wa nashkuruh wa nashadu an la ilaha illa Allah wa nashadu anna sayyidina wa habibana wa muta'ana Muhammad khatamul anbiya'i wal mursaleen Amma ba'd faqad qala Allahu tabaraka wa ta'ala fil Qur'an al-majid wal furqan al-hamid ba'd a'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan al-rajim bismillahirrahmanirrahim فبما رحمة من الله لنت لهم صدق الله مولانا العظيم وقال أحد الصحابة رضي الله تعالى عنهم ما رأيت أحدا أكثر تبسما من رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم صدق الله مولانا العظيم أو كما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام أما بعد السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته My respected elders and brothers if you look at some of the negative propaganda that is leveled or attempted to be leveled against Islam as a religion by the West, then you'll find that there is this image that is portrayed of a typical Muslim or the deen of Islam being very rigid, very hard, harsh, monotonous, and that a Muslim has that type of a disposition. That is one misconception that exists. And on the other hand, there are certain people who believe that the more religious you become, the more focused you should be, that you should you know, avoid greeting people, that you should just be walking straight in the masjid with a frown on your face and you know, no laughter, no jokes, no interaction. And that is an indication that you're now progressing in your spiritual levels and you're becoming more religious. Allah Rabbul Aziz speaks about the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam فَبِمَا رَحْمَةٍ مِّنَ اللَّهِ لِنْتَ لَهُمْ وَلَوْ كُنْتَ فَضًّا غَلِيذَ الْقَلْبِ لَنْفَضُّ مِنْ حَوْلِكَ It is through the mercy of Allah that you were compassionate to those around. And if you were hard and harsh, then they would have certainly fled from around you. Abdullah bin Harith radiallahu ta'ala says that مَا رَأَيْتُ أَحَدًا أَكْثَرَ تَبَسُّمًا مِّنْ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ I never saw anyone who smiled more than the Messenger ﷺ. When giving the description of the Messenger ﷺ, one of the Sahaba said, Kana basaman dhahakan. The Nabi would smile frequently and would also laugh at times. When we look at the various facets of the life of the Messenger ﷺ, then it is wide and it is broad. And one aspect of the life of Nabi Sallallahu is the humor and the lighter moments that Nabi Sallallahu enjoyed with his companions and with those around him. The more we know about him, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the more we will love him. We focus on various aspects about his life and this is also one aspect that will bring us closer to him and will kindle the love that we have for him to a greater extent in our hearts. The scholars of Hadith have uh, put or placed in their books special chapters which uh, speaks about the humor and the lighter moments of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Now humor is an important part of our lives We all have our laughter, we all have, have our jokes In fact many times you find that uh, when you're speaking or introducing a person to another person and the person is not there and you want to describe that person and you'll begin by talking about his physical appearance is a very tall person or very short person. He may be a bit stout or he may be a bit skinny. Uh, and you'll go on to speak about his character. There's a very kind person, very generous. 
And in all likelihood, you may say that he's a guy who has a, a good sense of humor or the lack thereof. Very often when you identify a person, we speak about the humorous nature. And why is that? It shows that humor is a quality that distinguishes one human from another. So it has a very important place. And if you're able to uh, make a person laugh, or bring some joy to the person, then there's a bond that connects through that that would not be established under normal circumstances. And the Messenger وسلم, used humor in his life uh, to cheer up people, to endear them, and to educate them at various instances. And these instances have been recorded in the various books of Ahadith. At one instance, a person comes to the Messenger وسلم, Istahmala Rajulan. Anna Rajulan istahmala Rasulullah Someone came and said, Oh Nabi of Allah, uh, I need a conveyance. I need something to ride on. Can you arrange for me a conveyance? So Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said that uh, ala waladin naqa. I can't give you a child camel to ride on. So he turns to the message and says, Ma asna'u bi waladin naqa. What will I do with a child camel? So Nabi Sallallahu tells him that that every camel is the child of another camel. And in that was a lighter moment. Now, the purpose was to endure the person. Very often, you know, what we do is we tell something mean to someone else, something hurtful. And then we turn around and say, I was just joking, man. Can't you even take a joke? It was just lighthearted. But in actual fact, we said something hurtful and distasteful for the person. And then we make the person feel bad for feeling offended and saying, you can't just take a joke. It's just lighthearted humor. Don't you have that in your nature? Whereas that is not what the humor of the Messenger Wasallam. The humor of the Messenger Wasallam was focused on making the other person feel nice, lifting that person's spirit and bringing that person closer. And Nabi Wasallam had time for everyone. Uh, there was the younger brother of Sayyidina Anas radiallahu anhu, whose name was Umair. And Umair had a pet which was referred to as a bird, Nughair. So Umair was very, very sad that his bird passed away. And Nabi Sallallahu noticed that. So connected with his congregation, with his companions, with those around. That a young boy who is on the fringe of the society and the community or in the gathering, generally, you know, we say that small children... Uh, they should be seen but shouldn't be heard when big people are around. Yet Nabi Salsam noticed that Umair is feeling down, he's sad, his bird died. In the big gathering where everyone is, Sayyidina Abu Bakr, Sayyidina Umar, all of them are there. And Nabi Salsam addresses Umair and says, Ya Aba Umair, oh the father of Umair. Now this is an Arabic way, it's an agnomen, where you refer to someone as the father of this person. And that is like a title. But he's a young boy. He's not the father of anyone. But Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam refers to him as Abu Umair to sort of lift him up, to give him importance. And he says, Ma fa'alan nughayr, what happened to your bird? And by Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam talking to him about his bird and acknowledging that his bird has died, that was a means of lifting his spirit. So often, you know, we don't have time for anyone. We don't even have time for our children. Sometimes the child comes with something trivial and he says, you know, daddy has so much on his mind. He doesn't have time for this and doesn't have time for that. Yet Nabi Sallallahu could make Umair on the fringe of the gathering, could make him feel special and connect with him in a unique manner. And talking about making special moments, the Messenger وسلم, is once in a gathering where an old lady, a Jews, comes to the Messenger Sallallahu and says, Ya Rasulullah, 
enters me into Jannah. So Nabi Sallallahu said, Ya Umm Fulan, in al-jannata la tadkhuluha ajuz. That, oh, the mother of so-and-so, don't you know, oh, ladies will not enter into Jannah. So this lady gets a shock and she's almost about to cry and she's walking away. And then Nabi Sallallahu then tells those around, says, akhbiruha annaha la tadkhulul jannah wa hiya ajuz. Inna ansha'nahunna insha'a faja'alnahunna abkara urban atraba. She won't enter Jannah in the condition that she's an old lady. Rather, she will be returned to the vitality and the beauty of her youth. And in that condition, she will enter into Jannah. Now, Nabi Sassim could have easily said, what are you making dua for? Okay, ya Allah, enter into Jannah. But it wouldn't have had the same impact. She would not have remembered that incident to the extent that she would have remembered this interaction when Nabi Sallallahu allowed initially for her to go away and then informed her of something better that would make her happy. And that is making those special moments when Nabi Sallallahu you know, reached out and allowed her that. And talking about creating those special moments and reaching out, there was a Bedouin by the name of Zahir. And Zahir would come to the marketplace and sell his goods. Now, Zahir wasn't the most handsome of people, and generally people didn't pay attention to those who were perhaps of origin of slaves and you know, didn't have a striking appearance. Zahir is one day in the marketplace selling his goods. The messenger, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, sneaks up behind him and then takes him into a grip in such a way that he's not able to see who is it behind him. And initially, his reaction is that, who's this? Leave me, let me go. And then he notices from the side of his eyes the messenger sallallahu was behind him. And when he realizes that, he then actually pushes his body more up against Nabi sallallahu considering knowing that Nabi sallallahu is an embodiment of blessings and that every part of his body that touches the body of Nabi sallallahu that will be a means of salvation for him. So he continues doing that. And then as Nabi sallallahu is holding him, Nabi sallallahu says, May abd, who will buy the slave from me? And he, listening to this, says, O Nabi of Allah, that idhan tajidini kasida. What he's implying is that considering my physical appearance and my lowly standing, there's not much you're going to get from me if you want to sell me as a slave. And Nabi Islam uplifts him by saying, But by Allah, you have a great value. By Allah, you have great value. So the purpose was to endear the person, to bring the person closer, and to connect. When you have laughter together, and when you have humor together, then there's a different type of a bond. The person's barriers, the person's, you know, their guard drops, and you're able to connect with the person, the person's able to take greater benefit, and uh, able to implement those lessons to a greater extent. Very often, you know, you'll find a group of uh, guys together and they will be choking one of the person one of those in the group will be the butt of all the jokes they're either laughing about his skin complexion or his size uh, or his height or his intelligence this guy's so dumb he, he chows so much and everybody's crashing and having a good time and laughing at the expense of that person and we think ah we had such a good time and we were connecting with one another 
But if the person after that laughter, there's someone who feels uncomfortable or feels hurt, then you haven't achieved the objective of the humor of the Messenger وسلم, that you haven't endeared the person. Nabi وسلم, in all his humor that he displayed, uh, he never offended anyone. In fact, at one occasion, the Sahaba requested, Oh Nabi of Allah, can we write down what you're uttering? So he said, yes, you can write it down. So someone in the gathering said, Innaka tuda'ibuna. That, but on the other hand, you are humorous with us. You laugh and joke with us at times. So can we write that also down? And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Walastu aqul illal haq. But whatever I say is always the truth. There's no lies in what I say. And if you look at and you analyze the humor of the Messenger Sallallahu it was basically a play on words where a certain utterance or a certain word has two possibilities. And our mind goes to the immediate possibility, but he intended the distant possibility. And using that play on words, he created humor and laughter for the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum. Very often, you know, we like to take the mickey out of others. We laugh and joke at others, but when the table is turned on us and someone makes a joke with us, then we feel offended and we all pull up. And uh, it, it wasn't funny. Uh, you know, whilst the Messenger وسلم, he engaged humorously with the Sahaba, and when the table was turned on him, he could also find it within himself to laugh at their attempted humor and share the lighter moments. Like uh, at one instance, and this was a very difficult time at the time of the Battle of Tabuk, which was a long expedition across the Arabian Peninsula to the door of the Levant, uh, 1,500 kilometers in very hot uh, weather with uh, rigid and arid terrain. And while they're camping, waiting to meet the enemy, Abu bin Malik al-Ashja'i radiallahu ta'ala wants to meet with Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi and to discuss some things with him. So he comes to the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, atay to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, wa huwa fi min udumin. So he says, I came to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, who was in a small leather tent, to, and I greeted him. And after I greeted him, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, enter, come inside, udkhul. So Auf says that I responded to him by saying, akulli, can my entire body come in? He was insinuating and suggesting to the Messenger Sallallahu that you're in such a small tent that if I come in, half of my body will be outside. And he says, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam laughed at that. He was being humorous and Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam appreciated his attempted humor. When Sayyidina Suhaib radiallahu anhu had made the hijrah, and he had come to Madinatul Munawwara, he was still in Cuba. And Nabi Sallallahu was very happy that he had come. And at that time, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam also heard that he wasn't feeling well, that he was sick. So Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi went to visit him. Now, when Nabi Sallallahu comes to visit him, he comes in the room and he sees him sitting and eating dates. Now, just picture this. You're going to visit the person. You think the person is sick. And you come there and you see the person, you know, jogging or doing something. Uh, that you wouldn't expect from a sick person. So Nabi Sassam says to him that, Suhaib, we thought you are sick. Uh, you had a problem with your eyes and now you're busy eating dates. So he says, no, Nabi, oh, Nabi of Allah, there's a problem in one eye. The other eye is fine, so I'm eating with the other eye. I'm eating with the other eye, looking with the other eye, which are the suitable ones, and then consuming that. And Nabi Sassam laughed at him. Now, if you look at one particular Sahabi, Nu'aiman radiallahu anhu, he was a... Badri, Sahabi, he also participated in Uhud and in Khandaq. He was from Madinatul Munawwara and he was from the Najjar tribe. 
many of the Sahaba anhum, we know them because of their great feats, like Sayyidina Abu Bakr, how he sacrificed his wealth, his life for Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Sayyidina Bilal, how on the desert he continued to say, Ahad, there's only one, there's only one. But this Sahabi is more known for the way Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi interacted with him. He had a weak habit. It's mentioned in the books of Sirah that his habit was that he would consume alcohol. He was brought and he was given the punishment for lashes. And then he was brought a second time and he was given the punishment of 40 lashes. And he was brought a third time. And this continued. Now, you can imagine, you know, the continuation of the same crime over and over again. So, on the fifth time when he was brought, it is mentioned that Sayyidina Umar or another Sahabi said that may Allah curse you or may Allah's curse be upon you that yashrabu wa yujladu, yashrabu wa yujladu. This person is just drinking and then he gets his punishment. He's drinking and he's getting his punishment. What kind of person are you? And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi heard that and said, What are you saying? Do you not know that he loves Allah and his messenger? A man who is committing a major crime. Yet the messenger وسلم, is giving the testimony that he loves Allah and his messenger. For us... We see people do one thing wrong and we say, he shouldn't be talking, you know, what, is he, what, he, what did he do in his past? Or what is he up to? Or he must first get his house in order. We look at one mistake in others to rubbish them, to push them aside and to write them off. Whereas Nabi Salsam focused on the good that this Sahabi had, that do you not know he loves Allah and his messenger? And sometimes, you know, we use it as a criteria that if a person is not fulfilling or following every command of deen, then he doesn't have love of Allah or his messenger. No, he needs to meet our criteria of what we consider as religiosity. Then he can meet the path. Whereas this sahabi had a weakness. Yet despite that, Allah's messenger says he loves Allah and his messenger. So this sahabi Nuaiman, radiallahu ta'ala, he had a unique disposition where he was on the humorous side, he always found the light in everything, all circumstances. So at one instance, there was a, a vendor who had come into the city of Medina, selling some honey. So he looked at the honey and he said that honey, Nabi Salsam hasn't had honey for a while. He took the honey, he went and he presented to Nabi Salsam as a gift, oh, Allah, he has a gift for you, and he went away. After, he didn't pay for it as yet. Now the vendor wants his money. So they're looking for Noiman. Then the vendor tracks down that the honey went to Nabi Sallallahu So they come to Nabi Sallallahu and say, Oh Nabi Allah, you've got to pay for the honey. So Nabi Sallallahu says, What honey? Nabi Sallallahu had already consumed the honey. This is the honey that you've already consumed in this container. You've got to pay for it. So the messenger Sallallahu says, No, but this was given to me as a gift by Noiman. So Nabi Sallallahu says, Okay, call him. So they call him and he says, uh, what's happening here, O Noiman? So Noiman turns around and says, O Nabi Allah, that I knew you hadn't had honey for a long while, so I thought I'll arrange for your honey. You've eaten the honey, now you've got to pay up. <laughs> so Nabi Salsam paid for the honey. And uh, there was one instance where Nabi Salsam sent out an expedition. And there was a number of Sahaba in the expedition. It was under the leadership of Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu. And in that expedition was Nu'aiman bin Amr and Suwaybid bin Harmala. Each one was given a different task. Suwaybid bin Harmala, radiallahu anhu, was given the task of being 
in charge of the food, meaning he's going to distribute the food. When there's a need for food, he will give it out. He's in charge of that. And Noaiman was given another task. So while they're traveling, Noaiman comes to Suwaybit and says that, you know, I'm hungry, give me food. So Suwaybit says, I won't give you till Sayyidina Abu Bakr gives permission. He says, by the time we get permission from him, I will die of hunger. Give me food now. He says, I won't. The Amir hasn't given permission. I won't do anything. He says, I'll teach you a lesson. So as they're traveling, they come across a group of Arab traders. So he tells him, the Nuaiman speaks to the Arab traders and he says, look, I got a slave here. There's three qualities about the slave. He's very intelligent. He has the gift of the gab. He is, he's very, very articulate. And the third thing is that he keeps saying, I'm a free person, I'm a free person. He's under the delusion that he's a free person. But he's remarkable. I'll give it to you at a bargain price of 10 dirhams. If you want him, you purchase him. And if you're not willing to you know, bear him saying, I'm free and all of that, then just leave it, I'll sell it to someone else. So the Arab traders listened to the description and they were totally enticed. And they said, we're in it. We're willing to go for it and we want to buy this uh, slave from you. So he said that, look, when you go there to take him, he's going to say, I'm free, I'm free, don't listen to him. So he said, okay, we understand. So the, he, the money is exchanged, and the Arab traders now go to Thuwaybit, and they grab him, and they take him. And he says, I'm free, what are you doing with me? He says, no, your master told us you're going to claim that you're free and this and that. We're not listening to you. And they take him away. And as they take him away, the other Sahaba come to know, and they inform Sayyidina Abu Bakr what's going on. Sayyidina Abu Bakr then runs to rescue the situation and he grabs back Swaybit from them and he stops them and then they explain what happened and Sayyidina Abu Bakr gives the money back and he says that after that Sayyidina Abu Bakr had a good laugh at how Nu'aiman got back at Swaybit. And then they went to the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and they narrated the story of what had happened, how Nu'aiman had made, you know, had gotten back at Swaybit. And it says, فَضَحِكَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ وسلم. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam laughed at this and فَضَحِكَ أَصْحَابُ حَوْلًا For an entire year, whenever they would just think back about that incident, they would all just crash out and laugh. That kept them going for an entire year. So they found the humor in that. There was one instance during the time of Sayyidina Uthman radiallahu anhum, where Nu'aiman was in the masjid and there was a Bedouin. In fact, it was a person who was blind. And this person was blind, so he couldn't fulfill his needs on his own. So he asked that, is anyone who will take me to answer the call of nature? So Nu'aiman volunteers to take him to answer the call of nature. And he takes him to a public place and he says, now you're in a private place. You can go ahead and uh, answer the call of nature. So as he's about to begin relieving himself, the others come and they stop him. And they say, hey, what are you doing you're in a public place? You can't do this here. So he says, well... Nu'aiman had told me that I'm in a private place and I can answer the call of nature. So the blind person says, where's that Nu'aiman? If I get hold of him, I'm going to teach him a lesson. So Nu'aiman changes his voice and says, do you want to know where's Nu'aiman? I'll take you to him. So he takes him in the masjid and said, now Uthman is performing salah. And he says to the blind person, there he is. The blind person takes his stick and he gives him one shot, a hard shot. And suddenly, everyone realizes what's going on, and they run to stop him, and they break them away. Sayyidina Uthman turns, you know, after making his salam, he turns around, what's happening? And they explain to him what's happened, and he also finds a human and he's able to laugh. Now, what we learn from this is that, on the one hand, it doesn't give us the license to start pranking people and to harming people 
and to doing as we please and say, no, can't you find the humor? It was just a joke. But the Sahaba and the Messenger understood the disposition of Nu'aiman radiallahu anhu. He was a humorous person. He could see the light in everything and they accommodated for that. Like the Messenger understood the disposition of Sayyidina Uthman. He was very bashful. Uh, Nabi is sitting with Sayyidina Abu Bakr, Sayyidina Umar, and Sayyidina Aisha is in the distance. And Nabi is sitting away where a portion of his shin is uncovered. And he's sitting there in that way. When Sayyidina Uthman comes into the gathering, he closes his shin up. Sayyidina Aisha, Sayyidina Aisha radiallahu anha later asked, Oh Nabi Allah, why is it that Abu Bakr was there, Umar was there, you didn't cover up your shin. But when Uthman came, you covered up your shin. Is he on a higher position or what's the matter? And Nabi Sallallahu said, should I not feel shameful of the person who the angels feel shameful of him? Meaning that Nabi Sallallahu understood the disposition of Sayyidina Uthman that he would feel uncomfortable if Nabi Sallallahu's leg was open in front of him. So Nabi Sallallahu then made him comfortable by covering up to accommodate his disposition. In the same way, the Messenger Sallallahu accommodated the disposition of Sayyidina Nu'aiman, allowing him his laughter. And he wasn't someone who was you know, totally detached from reality and just finding laughter in everything. It is further mentioned that when the fitna had taken place between Sayyidina Muawiyah and Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu, then he was never seen smiling after that. The same Sahabi, he never smiled after that, leave around laughter. So he wasn't someone who was detached from reality, but within the tough circumstances that was endured during the stay in Medina, where there was battles, Uhud, Khandaq, Ghazwa Tabuk, Ghazwa Khaybar, and all of that, within all of that, he was able to find lighter moments and to share that with the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum. So to conclude, there's a certain number of etiquettes that we need to consider in terms of humor. First and foremost, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam had said that Woe to the one who tells stories that are lies to make people laugh. So if you're lying and saying this person did this and the person didn't do that, then that is lies. The, obviously included in this is not what we term as Fandamirva jokes or Mullah Nasruddin. Like someone came to Mullah Nasruddin and said to him, Mullah Nasruddin, tell me, who's your best friend? So he said, the person who feeds me the best. So uh, the person then said to Mullah Nasruddin, okay, so I will feed you the best. Am I your best friend? So Mullah Nasruddin says, no, friendship cannot be granted on credit. <laughs> so these types of humor is allowed because everybody knows that Mullah Nasruddin is a made-up character and there's a lesson that you can draw from that. So you shouldn't lie. That's the first point. The second is that laughter shouldn't be excessive. It shouldn't be that you're always laughing. In fact, if a person is always laughing and joking, then people will, won't take you serious anymore. They'll say, no, this guy is always laughing. He doesn't know. He's, he's detached from reality. So it shouldn't be excessive. Nabi Sallallahu said, that abundance of laughter kills the heart. Uh, the third point is that it shouldn't be harmful to anyone. There shouldn't be backbiting or slandering or anyone shouldn't feel offended by the laughter. That is also important, that it shouldn't be at the expense of others. If you look at the laughter of the Sahaba and the Messenger, it was more circumstantial laughter and self-deprecating laughter. But our laughter, we tend to laugh at the expense of others. So you shouldn't be laughing at the expense of others, but rather you should create humor through ambiguity or through circumstances.
Further to that, the laughter in simple words, if you say, you know, it should be, it's like the salt in one's food, that salt doesn't become the entire meal. It, it is there, it enhances the meal, it brings out the taste. So it is sprinkled through your life to enhance your life, to bring a more greater joy to your life, but it doesn't become the object of your life. And if you're laughing all the time, then people will say, you know, when this guy uh, speaks, don't take it with a pinch of salt, take it with a bag of salt. <laughs> so it shouldn't be overwhelming in your life. It has its place, it is part of the sunnah, it can be used to endear, it can be used to cheer people, to bring people closer and to connect people with the deen, but it shouldn't become the objective in itself. May Allah Rabbul Izzah give us the understanding, give us love for the Prophet May Allah make it such that we live smiling, that we die smiling, and that we are resurrected on the day of Qiyamah smiling. Wa akhir da'wana, alhamdulillah, rabbil alamin.